What is integrity? You know, integrity doing the right thing when nobody's looking, yeah. all right? You know, are you a leader or a follower? I'm a leader, what's the difference? Think for myself, all right? Do you have confidence? Yeah, we got What up, classmates? Welcome to Hall Podcast, where we're two queens with two perspectives. This is your girl, Mimi. Hey, and it's your girl, Mishi. What you been up to? Um, you know, relaxing and resting. Yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely. What about you? Um, same, relaxing, working, um, trying to squeeze some workouts in when I can okay. and uh, stay fit and active because, you know, the quarantine, I have you, your weight ballooning up if you don't... Uh, be careful out here so that's a fact that's yeah a fact. try not to get caught up in that hype so yeah just trying to stay active and work work out that's pretty much been my life and uh yeah that's what's been going on with me okay 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 so let's get right into it um what is this lesson going to be about today the lesson today for you guys is on our girl brianna taylor yes yes uh say her name say her name brianna taylor are we Definitely wanted to not uh, go any further without acknowledging the um, very tragic and unfortunate right. circumstance uh, that is the Breonna Taylor story. But um, we want to highlight a little bit of her life and, you know, her life prior to this incident before she became a hashtag and right. to those who knew and loved her best. So that actually is a perfect place to begin. Um, Breonna Taylor. Um, better known as Bree or Breezy, was a 26-year-old African-American woman born on June 5th in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, Brianna Taylor had a big family, big loving family, um, right. filled with aunts, uncles, and cousins. Um, her parents were Tamika Palmer and Troy Herod. Um, she also had a sister named Janiah Palmer. Brianna graduated from Western High School um, in 2011. She continued her education at the University of Kentucky. Right. In 2016, she served as an award-winning EMT and first responder for Louisville Metro Emergency Medical Service. Um, and most recently, she had worked for two hospitals as an ER technician. Um, she planned on going back to nursing school in the fall. Right. Yeah, definitely. This was a this was a essential worker that was out here uh, yes. in the pandemic working That's hard, right. you know, um, definitely had big dreams and big goals to become a nurse. And yeah, just the fact that she was such a hard worker holding out two jobs, not right. just one, and, you know, and an EMT worker. Right. So you always walking into situations right. you don't know. Exactly. How, how the person is or what's going to come about of it. But she, you know, went in head first and, you know, wanted to always be someone uh, willing and able to help others. So right. it's just unfortunate to see all the potential that this young lady had mm-hmm. and like how far she would have gotten in her career and her life. I know she um, had aspirations to be a nurse, but also, you know, was looking forward to having kids and starting yes. a family with her yeah. um, with her boyfriend, uh Kenneth and who right. they actually met in high school so they were like high school sweethearts, sweethearts. Yep. and 
you know, very much in love. I remember in an interview um, that her mother did and she described her daughter as a type of person that had this get up and go type attitude. Um, One example that I remember was uh, Brianna loved cars at a very young age and she was determined to get one. And when she was 17, she did. Um, She loved Dodge Chargers and she had just purchased the 2019 model in January. Um, And her mother was talking about how her next goal was to purchase a home. Um, her mother just continued to go on, like stating, like she did everything right. She always wanted to do anything that she could to help better herself to be a better friend or a better daughter or a better girlfriend. Um, her mom was just in awe with her and Brianna just really wanted to take care and protect everyone that she came in contact with. Um, yeah, like you said, her mom definitely said she was someone that had a lot of ambition, a lot of goals and that she was a people person that she Mm -hmm. loved more than anything to help people out and go above and beyond, um, with helping others. So it was very apparent that Brianna was a family oriented individual. Um, some of her aunts recalled that some of her favorite hobbies were playing, um, card games, uh, singing, cooking, and dancing. Um, and she loved to smile. And every day I feel like I learn more and more about Brianna. Um, and the first thing that comes to my mind is, did this sound like a criminal to you? Does that sound like someone that's Not just, at all. you know, a part of this alleged drug cartel? I mean, this is ridiculous. Right. And that's that's a good point you bring up that it's nothing bad you can even find out about her. And that's usually their alibi is trying to paint the victim, you know, as someone that was a criminal or somebody. And even if she jaywalked, you know, or even (laughs) if she did some, you know, uh, small, small little thing wrong in her life, you know, they would have capitalized on that and used it as an opportunity to paint her in a negative light but you couldn't even you couldn't even do that in this situation I mean you're so used to seeing like the the bad images the you know the rough pictures of them and stuff that they love to pull out in these kind of circumstances but they couldn't even find that with her you know every time you see her she's smiling she's laughing she's a fun loving you know they call say she loved to joke around and laugh Mm -hmm. so this was the personality of the individual they took away from the world you know someone loving kind you know always willing to help and um this situation could have happened to one of us this situation could have happened to one of our family members um right it definitely could have happened to anybody and i think that's what's the most uh terrible part about this situation is that it wasn't like she was in the wrong place at the wrong time it wasn't like she was on a bad side of town on a bad side of town or you know like not saying that any of those things deserve or deserving of anyone in those situations but it's just like you know the way you think to remain safe is to stay in your home or to keep a low profile or whatever but it's just like even dang even in in our bed sleep you know you're Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> somehow some way yeah you, mm-hmm. you're trying to get sleep and then somehow you end up you know gone you know and you and it's just unfortunate that that happened the way that it did but yeah I, I don't understand and I probably never will understand this 
So for those who may have not been able to do any um, research yet on the case um, or don't really know exactly what is all the hoopla about, explain to them exactly what occurred on that night. Yeah, sure. So um, on March 12th, 2020, um, Judge Mary Shaw, she signed off on five warrants as a part of this large narcotic investigation um three of the warrants were for properties like in west louisville and um detectives wrote that they were looking for like drugs weapons electronics mail related to like illegal drug activity um the fourth warrant was for a house of um muhammad ali um and the fifth warrant was for Brianna Taylor's um, apartment in South Louisville. Brianna was not a main suspect right. in this case, but her name was on the warrant because the detective said that they witnessed the main suspect arrive at um, Taylor's apartment in January of this year to pick up a package. The warrant that specifically involves Brianna Taylor's apartment um, goes on to say that a U.S. postal inspector verified that the main suspect had been receiving packages at Taylor's apartment and that it was not uncommon for drug traffickers to receive mail packages at different locations to avoid detection from law enforcement. Um, the U.S. postal inspector in Louisville um, said that the police department didn't use the office to verify right. that the suspect was receiving packages at Taylor's home. Um, actually, the postal inspector even said a different agency had um, asked in January to look into whether uh, Taylor's home had been receiving suspicious mail, but the office had uh, concluded it wasn't. There was right. no package of interest going there. And that is the most important part of the case. Yeah. So Friday, um, March 13th, around 1230 in the morning, um, officers parked um, in front of Taylor's building and walked up to her door. F a few miles away, um, another group of detectives and, and officers had executed a warrant at a different location and that's where the police had found the main suspect right. and arrested him. So at 12:40 AM police officers began to bang on Brianna Taylor's door. Um, Brianna and Kenneth had fallen asleep in bed while watching a movie. Mind you, this was Brianna's first day off after working like several consecutive 12 hour shifts at the hospital. Um, but uh, the detectives say that they continuously knocked on the door multiple times um, and no one no one came to the door. But before I continue, I want to start using um, names of the police officers that were right. involved in the murder of Breonna Taylor. Right. Um, there were three cops. Their names are John Maddenly. Um, Brent Hankinson and Miles Cosgrove. Okay, so back to the detectives being at the front door of Brianna Taylor's home. Um, 
the detectives say that they knocked on the door multiple times. Um, Detective Mattingly said that they did not announce themselves. They did not identify themselves. They were in plain clothing. um, And they didn't have an intent to hit the door or break the door open. Um, They wanted to give her plenty of time to come to the door. Um, And when asked how much time did you give her to come to the door, he states 45 seconds to a minute. That That just doesn't make sense to me. So... Kenneth recalls like a loud bang at the door and Brianna pops up out of her sleep. It scared her. It scared him too. Right. And they were just like, what is that? And so they both jumped out of bed and like started getting dressed and he grabbed his gun at the same time. The detectives took like a battering ram, um, against the door. And right. when Brianna and, um, Kenneth started walking towards the door, the door just came off the hinges. So he let out, he let off one shot yeah. still. He wasn't able to see who it was or right. anything like that. So this is also important because, um, Mattingly, the police officer, he was the first officer that entered Brianna's home and he let off six rounds. Um, Kenneth said he started seeing shots flying. So he fell to the ground and he dropped his gun um, Mattingly told the other police officers that he had been shot and that was around 1243. So this happened within like three minutes. Yes. All of this happened within three minutes. So after, um, Mattingly tells the other officers that he had been shot, um, Miles Cosgrove fired shots from inside the apartment while Brett Hankinson blindly fired 10 rounds outside of the apartment um, through the patio door. It was reported that approximately 25 bullets entered Breonna Taylor's home that evening. Um, And when all the shots stopped, Kenny called 911. Um, Yeah. EMS arrived, but they took Detective Mattingly. Um, They rushed him over to the University of Louisville Hospital and no one rendered aid to Brianna Taylor. Um, right. Despite Kenny yelling for help, um, for someone to help his fiance, but they continued to just instruct him to come outside. Brianna Taylor was fatally shot that morning. She was struck by eight bullets. Eight bullets entered her body, and um, so begins the cover up. Right. I mean, the story is just tragic. Yeah. And I think the craziest part is all of that is just is beyond me. The fact that the boyfriend gets arrested. Oh. He gets arrested for protecting his home because, you know what I'm saying? How are you supposed to know that these were police officers and when they didn't announce themselves? Right. Or anything, you know, right. for us, he knows this is an intruder. He's confused. He He's don't confused, even, right. He don't know what's going on. You're waking me up in the middle of the night trying right. to issue this warrant, quote unquote, right. that they already had the people they were looking for was already in custody. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Um, The police did arrest Kenneth that morning and charged him with attempted murder. And I found it very strange that the charges were dropped the day after the FBI said that they were going to open up um, an investigation into the shooting. Right. Uh, nonetheless, um, I still want to shine or highlight 
um, who Kenneth is. Um, his dad, Kenneth's dad did testify, um, and stated that, you know, Kenneth went to high school, he graduated, he played four years of high school football, um, he went to college for two years, and um, he was just about to start a job at the post office. And anyone that has worked in a government agency um, position knows that you have to meet certain requirements right. um, to be hired. There is an extensive background check. Um, so the media or the narrative could not have been created that he was this type of thug or or alleged drug dealer. Um, whatever narrative or story the media or these detectives tried to create could not be completed yeah. because these two individuals, Brianna Taylor and Kenneth Walker, were outstanding people. And let me go even further to say law-abiding citizens yeah they they not letting you get in the post uh working for the post office if you got anything on your record so can you speak to the um events that happened when brianna taylor's mother tamika palmer arrived on the scene her mom arrived on the scene you know trying to figure out what's going on with her daughter and they're sitting there questioning her questioning the mom trying to find out if she had any enemies if there was any rivals wow um did her and kenny have any problems going on anything to the uh anything to deflect yeah yeah, to deflect from the fact that they were the ones responsible for this young lady's life being lost and i just think that that's ridiculous that as a mom you know she knows her child she knows she knows her moves you know they were they were close they she knew what she was doing it wasn't as if she was some wild girl that okay maybe that was a possibility that this got no it wasn't any chances the couple was madly in love there was no way he would do anything to harm her to do anything to even think about harming his his uh fiance right and so just imagine as a mother you know, not even being able—I <laughs> don't even think she was able to get to the get to her daughter. No, they had her. They had wasn't. her going from hospital to hospital. That's right. That's looking right. for her, um, trying to trying to locate her daughter. Right. They so, didn't even tell her the proper place she was at. Right. So, thank the Lord that Kenny was able to contact Brianna's mother, um, Tamika, after yeah. he got off the phone with EMS because. Then she immediately went to the apartment and as she is on the service road or the entrance road, I'm sorry, um, the police officer stops her and says and tells her that there was two ambulances. One ambulance went to had the police officer and the other ambulance had a girl that was hurt. So then Tamika Tamika rushes to the hospital well, she go, waits at the hospital for about two hours and then is told that there is no one that fits the description of the events that she's describing. So then she, Tamika returns back to the apartment complex and she waits two hours before a detective comes and talks to her. Um, Tamika recalls that the detective, you know, um, informs her that uh, 
officers were at her daughter's home to serve a narcotics warrant. Well, Tamika asked for the warrant. Yeah. And the detective says he doesn't know where it's at. It was not until 11 a.m. until Tamika was told that her daughter's body was still in the apartment. Um, Tamika wanted to identify the body because Brianna and her sister lived in the apartment together. And Tamika knew that her other daughter was not in the home, but the investigator said that it would be up to the coroner uh, to decide. And it was not until 1 p.m. that the coroner arrived to speak with Tamika and some officials sneaked Brianna's body out of the apartment. That's, that's sick. That's sick. That a mother has to endure that much pain and suffering because you can't. She's you know, just trying to locate her. Can't even give her a location. You can't give her her location. You're playing games. You know exactly where the girl was the whole time. I don't know how long it takes for crime scenes, but just not to even have the decency to allow someone the information that their loved one has passed and you're sending this person on a wild goose chase. Her mental state, I can only imagine what her mental state was. It's just disturbing. It's disturbing. As I'm I'm sitting here, like, recalling that, like, as I'm not even, I never knew Brianna. It, It don't take all that. I didn't have to know her. You know, I know the story and I'm a black woman we all black women over here. So right. just the thought of a mother not only losing her child. Right. Being waking up in the middle of the night to the, you know, to the thought of something happening to her child, right. whether they were alive or whatever. You know, just that fear that mothers have of the worst case scenario of something occurring with their child in the middle of the night. And then to not, like you say, not be given the location to just be sent on all these different runs or whatever that is traumatizing like how can one move on how can one heal how can one i mean i know with god all things are possible but why do we we have to go through such trauma as a people you know like if it was to occur in beverly hills ain't no way in the world ain't no way somebody would be sitting there giving you all these run around that's a fact yeah, but if you go in our black and brown neighborhoods, you know, they feel like they can just treat us any kind of way, even in death. You know, you don't even get the decency or the respect. Uh, your family doesn't even get the decency or respect to to mourn you properly, right. to, to uh, grieve properly. All these things that others are given, and even in, in our death, you know, we're not even allowed to do until it gets to national, uh, some national attention, some national spotlight put on your situation. Oh, now all of a sudden, you know, Things are starting to move along. Like Brianna Taylor, unfortunately, isn't the only Brianna Taylor. That's true. It, That's it happens a lot. It happens more often than it should in this country, around the world. Um, and we are not taking it anymore, you know? And it's unfortunate that it took another life to be lost for it to gain this attention and the spotlight that it needs to. But if if it's going to bring about change, I mean, I think that's the best thing that can happen in this whole jacked up situation. But it's just literally like thinking about it. It's like a literally a nightmare 
a, a, walk, a living nightmare that some right. a mother has to even endure that you right. know you have a beautiful daughter you have hopes and dreams of doing walking all these things down. yes yeah so. doing all these things with her in her life walking down the aisle her having children all right. these dreams and aspirations this girl had and was working towards and it and in an instant because somebody just was negligent and didn't do their part that's right. It was taken away. That's right. And let's talk so about suddenly. that. Yes. There's no doubt in my mind that the police were negligent because they um, put information on the warrant that was not factual. But who signs warrants? The judge has to sign a warrant. And the judge was negligent. This judge her name was Mary Shaw, Judge Mary Shaw. She signed all of the warrants, five warrants within 12 minutes. How do you sign all of those warrants and you are telling me that you're doing your due diligence to make sure that the information is correct? The warrants that she signed, a no-knock warrant, those warrants have been debated by the Supreme Court because of how frequently they lead to false arrest and violence. And these warrants are meant to be approved with great scrutiny and only in dire circumstances. Because if you get it wrong, like this judge, you have now violated our Fourth Amendment right. Right. And that's why, you know, when people stress the importance of voting, yes. this, this is this is this is how it plays out because right. you gotta get the right, right people in office that's that is gonna do the work, that is going to make sure all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed. You don't wanna just have someone holding power and holding responsibility that's not in the best interest of the people of that community, that's you know? Right. That's so right. people, you know, some people agree with voting. Some don't, dis some people disagree with, with voting, but I feel like it is important. It's an important right that we have. And it really just, you know, you see the effects of not voting in these kind of situations and not putting, you know, the right people in office. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why the judge didn't do what she was supposed to do, or if this is this probably is in the first, you know, right. incident where she didn't, uh, you know, do what she needed to do in regards to making sure everything's straight before they just sign a warrant um, and you know go for it. You know, it's like this isn't a video game. Right. This isn't play, play. Like right. these are real human beings. They have families attached to them. They have loved ones attached to them, and the decisions that people make you know affects them for the remainder of their life you that's know right. it affects them you know until their dying day the, right. the type of uh decisions they're being made on their behalf and innocent lives and an innocent life had to be taken away that didn't need to be taken away just because of that carelessness that was uh done you know right and i'm so glad you brought up voting because i honestly feel like this judge mary shaw should be impeached by the Kentucky State House of Representatives and the Senate must remove her from the off from her office. Um, also, she does not face re-election until 2023. And the last time she ran, she was not even she had no op opposition. 
I don't care what party you are, Democrat, Republican, I'm still going to be on the right side of what's right and wrong. And the fact is, is you were absolutely wrong. So it just shows that it's not, um, it wasn't the only, it wasn't only the officers that made a bad decision in that moment. You know, it was a whole system that, that failed to, you know, do their due diligence and get the information correct, you know, get the proper suspects. I mean, get the proper, uh, you know, everything in line for them to, you know, if there, if there was some issues going on and somebody needed to be arrested or whatever, that's fine. But you have to make sure you go about it the right way. You can't just put innocent people's lives in danger just because you want to be negligent and not carry through, um, you know, your proper due diligence in that situation. And that's unfortunate that it happened to be that way. But, uh, baby girl, she (laughs) is like, she probably really did. Not probably. I'm sure she really did want to help people. And it's unfortunate that in her death, it's the way that it's coming about, you know, it's not like she, uh, got the opportunity to go to her fullest potential right. um, while she was here on this earth. She still had a lot of dreams and hopes and aspirations still left inside of her when they took her away. But it's like, even in her death, she's making an impact in so many lives. That's right. Um, and unfortunately that's a lot of times the, the case for a lot right. of these hashtags, you know, they go from being, you know, no name right. people, know, you know, only people in their neighborhood or their family know about them until being these worldwide figures and, um, almost iconic, uh, individuals because right. of something tragic happened, you know, mm-hmm. tragic happening in their lives. Yeah. Like that. I think yeah. all they, they did was fire one of them so far. <laughs> and that's still not enough. And I mean, that that's nothing. They all need to be fired. They all need to be arrested. They all need to be charged. Convict- we we got to see this thing through. Right. This is, you know, I know a lot of the hype has kind of calmed down, you know. And I feel like the pandemic uh, occurred right when it needed to occur because it gives people an opportunity to see the injustices and the the wounds, you know, for itself, for themselves, you know. It may not have even made it this far nationally the story right i mean it took a long time before it even gained garnered attention it took you know another major death happening to even bring this to the forefront and you know i feel like by being a pandemic that somewhat helped the situation because people actually had the time and the attention to pay and to get out in the streets and march for her and to to fight for her and tell a story because the story needs to be told they were trying to keep it under wraps Right. The family was trying their best to, you know, get some help, get some get some traction, you know, about what happened to their daughter. This is this is tragic. It was unfortunate. It didn't have to happen. It was unnecessary. And it was just a long line of, you know, things that just did not go right. That end up occurring to even get to this point, you know. Yeah, I'm not I'm not expecting uh, every police officer to be a therapist or whatever. But what what are you going to training for if all you off all you taught yes. is how to shoot? Right. You know, I'm not thinking you you know a psychiatrist or you can handle every situation. They they do have trained professionals for that. That's right. And they have them in the law enforcement uh, department as well. But every situation doesn't have to end with somebody dying. Right. Every situation doesn't have to go that far. There are some things that can be talked through. There are some things that can be discussed and get to a resolution. And there are probably police officers out there that believe in that motto. Right. But for the ones who don't, it makes it it makes it look bad on the whole uh, entire force. You know, if that's how they're going to 
handle situations this girl did not have to lose her life right she's out here really trying to make a difference she's out here working she's an emt all these things like just full of potential Mm -hmm. and her boyfriend i mean they both just both young individuals trying to make it trying to do you know be positive they weren't like i keep saying they weren't in the wrong place at the wrong time they were in their home and they did not do the judge didn't do her due diligence, so of course she needs to go. For sure. And all the officers. For sure. And then there needs to be laws in place to prevent this from happening to other individuals in the future. So um, the Brown and Taylor law was able to be passed, um, and basically that um, allowed an end to the no-knock warrants that uh, was the you know the reason that she was a the reason she lost her life to begin with. Um, that that they utilize so mm-hmm. um i think that's a great first step um it's so many more steps to justice and to accountability that has to take place but i think that if long as we keep this momentum long as we keep the fire under them it's only a matter of time before you know we really truly get justice on her behalf and i think we owe it to her to her family you know as the people who are really want to see this country uphold you know values these values that apply to some but not to all like we have to truly continue to fight you know Mm -hmm. it's unfortunate that so many years have passed and seems like sometimes nothing really ever changed you know our our you know senior citizens and our family and Martin Luther King and MLK, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, they fought for things all the way back then, and we're still fighting for it now. Right now, exactly. It's like it's just a never-ending cycle. But I believe either in in life, you gotta choose a stance. You know, you have to believe in something or you'll fall for anything. That's true. And you know, I'm so glad to see so many young uh, people who are probably was never really interested in social justice issues, you know, by the means of social media, getting, garnering attention and, you know, celebrities bringing attention to the things. We have to utilize whatever resources and whatever means we can, you know, to highlight these situations because it seems like that's going to be the only way we're going to truly make progress is to get people involved, to keep the fire under the officials, the people that can make the decisions to not let up. Right. When it's no longer a trending topic to not let up. She's not a meme. She's not something that's trendy for the moment. This was an individual. This was a young lady. This was a a friend, a a fiance, a daughter. I mean, she has multiple roles in various people's lives, and she impacted people's lives that knew and loved her in great ways. So and save it, lives too. And save lives. So it's not just for Brianna Taylor, but for the Sandra Blands, you know, of the Ooh, world. Yeah, don't get. I'm about to start. All up. the all the uh, the black women whose names never made it to the spotlight that unfortunately have lost their lives at the hands of police brutality and you know of a system that's not designed to protect us. It's not just the George Floyds we have to remember. It's not right. just the uh, Ahmaud Arbery's, even though their cases are equally as important. But right. don't forget the black women either. Right. Because they, they're being killed, too. Right. They're being killed. And they don't. And it, it didn't have to happen. It's unfortunate. But we have to keep keep going. I mean, I guess we really don't have no, no other option. Right. You know, it's, it's either 
it's either this or you know, or we just sit back and take exactly. it. Exactly. But I and feel we're like we're tired of sitting back and taking it. We're tired it. of sitting back and taking it, and and our ancestors wouldn't even allow that. That's right. As powerful and as strong as they was to to endure the things that they did, they dealt with back in the day. Like it's on us. We have so many more resources. We have so much more uh, available to us in our hands right. in our grasp. We are, you know, we, you know, have all this education. We have all these degrees. We have all these this and that. We got to start utilizing every weapon in the arsenal. That's right. To combat this, this systemic racism that mm-hmm. plays out in so many facets of That's our society. Right. Talk about it. Yes. Yeah. So when people say you know racism no longer exists or whatever it's not true it's not don't believe that <laughs> don't believe it don't don't fall for the gimmick because it is very much alive and it is well like i right. said her situation probably would have never went a- occurred in some of your more prestigious neighborhoods right. in this country that's a fact in beverly hills it would never occurred and if it did occur you better believe those officers wouldn't still be on the force i couldn't even imagine this happening in river oaks it would not please it would never and if they did the officers <laughs> those officers Never would not be on the force and they would probably already have the trial and they right. already be under you know in prison serving life or whatever the sentence may be so it's just um another wake-up call it's so sad that we keep having to have these type of wake-up calls but it's it is a wake-up call that we still got a lot of work to do yeah we strong y'all but stop testing us <laughs> stop testing us yeah for real Everyone around the world, keep calling the mayor's office. Keep calling the governor's office. I'm glad when I hear, when I call and it's on, uh, it's, it's a busy signal. I can't get through. Yeah. We're going to disrupt everything because it's really no justice, no peace. You can't sit and do your work while I'm sitting here fearing my life. You can't conduct your business as usual. Hey, classmates. Uh, we just wanted to take, take a minute to highlight an exceptional young man. Yes. <laughs> we call him our uh, student of the week. Yes. Dean's list. Made the Dean's he list. He made the Dean's list. Um, there has been a ongoing issue in um, in New York where a young lady uh, by the name of Jennifer, who's actually a nurse and um, a single mother, has been receiving a lot of harassment yes. and a lot of, you know, racist actions from her neighbors in a home that she um purchased about three years ago and a lot of the things they were doing to her you know she reached out for help from her uh, local city officials and was unsuccessful um so she took you know garnered the attention of social media i actually found out about the story on twitter and a young man by the name of anthony or flow 349 (laughs) on instagram shout out to him he has took the charge along with several other uh, black men have took the charge to say that if we can't count on, uh, you know, our local facility, local police to protect her and her child from the actions of her neighbors, we're going to step up and do our part. And so this young man has been on security duty That's every right. night outside of her home goes live and everything he goes live to ensure that he's protected from any kind of uh dangerous situation you know with his camera he's showing you know what's going on but he's he's taking the time out of his schedule and his life to devote to helping this young lady who's been 
you know, dealing with all these things when you're home, it's supposed to be your sanctuary. It's supposed to be a place where you feel the most safe, but she wasn't feeling that, you know, unfortunately at the hands of her neighbor. So we think it's an incredible, uh, incredible gesture that he's been doing. He's been really embodying the term protect black women in the flesh. It's, it's like the day and age where everyone just wants to do social media talk and they just want to do everything on the internet or whatever, but they don't want to actually do the things that they say, you know, it's like they don't put the action behind the fingers, the the tweets and everything. And so like for him to actually take time out of his schedule to um, stay outside of her home, make sure her and her daughter are protected. Right. It's, it's very, very impressive. And it's, it's something I, I really is. It just, warms my heart to Me see too. yeah too. and he's so down to earth yes I mean, it's not <laughs> like he's just some you know and he uh, doesn't want no he don't want he don't want you to buy him food right he doesn't want no snack <laughs> and he, they have been loading him up with all kind of goodies right like he's not asking for no donations he's not right. asking for nothing he just wants to protect jennifer and that in itself is just like, come on, King, like salute to you for yes. sure. All the way from Texas, we see you. Right. So just out the kindness of his heart, he's been doing this and he's still going, you know, yeah. it's been almost it's, a month it don't now. Stop. Right. He's really doing God's work, y'all. Right. So um, I definitely salute him and all his efforts and everyone that has jumped on board um, to help, you know, with the situation with Jennifer. So definitely show him some love. If you're on IG, uh, hop on his live at nighttime when he's out there protecting him and show him some love. Let him know you, you heard about him and you support what he's doing. And if there's somebody in your, your personal life that you can, you don't have to be sitting outside their home, but if there's any like kind act or, um, anything that you have in your power or your ability to do to help someone else, you know, these are times when a lot of people, are going through things, right. you know? We say it all the time. People are losing their jobs mm-hmm. with this pandemic. People are depressed. They are stressed out. It's so much going on. So if you have anything, just just sit sit around and give it a thought for a moment and figure out what it is that I can do to help somebody else today. Or what can I do to help somebody else this week? Don't live Big in a bubble. Small, right. Right. Don't live in a bubble and think that everything is all about you. Mm-hmm. We have to protect each other. We have to to love on one another. Yes. We've always had to do that, but now so more than ever because, you know, you just never know. But um we definitely salute Flow 349 or Anthony. We salute you, King. Yes. And, uh, keep up the good work. And with that, we'll see you next time on Levin Hall Podcast. Our deepest condolences go out to the entire Brianna Taylor family. Um you'll continue to be in our prayers and God bless.